0: No, it's not tax-free. You can kind of scam it to being tax-free, but you can take out loans against anything that would be tax-free. Houses, taxable brokerage accounts, right? Any asset, essentially businesses, you could leverage your business if you wanted to and take out a tax-free loan. That's that's not like a novel thing to index universal life. There, there's nothing safe about any of this stuff. And the fact that he doesn't mention Roth IRAs blows my mind. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Wealthy Idiot Show. We are on a kick to discover whether or not whole or universal life or any of these life insurance plans should be considered as any kind of investment strategy. And so far, we've determined that that's not true shouldn't use it as an investment strategy. I've been researching this for about a year now, and I've been trying to figure out everything there is to know about how all this stuff works so that I can sit down and put numbers down, but the people selling it and the people offering it are trying really hard to obfuscate as much information as possible, and they talk in a lot of hyperbolic ways, they ascribe things that just aren't there in some cases, or they kind of talk around the truth in order to make sure that you don't fully understand what it is that you're looking at. And i found this to be extremely frustrating. So we're going to react to this video, Can I Convert My IRA or 401K Funds to Be Tax-Free? Again by Doug Andrews at 3 Dimensional Wealth. Whenever somebody starts talking about 401K and they don't mention anything to do with the matching of a 401K, you could tell already that they're trying to scam you out of your money. You got mostly, like I don't know why this is the case, but it's so many life insurance salesmen will be like, stop putting money into your 401k and give your money to me instead. It's such a better idea. And I think that in a lot of cases, these salesmen are being honest. They just don't understand what they're saying. I can't imagine that Doug Andrew doesn't know what he's saying. I think that he understands what he's saying and he just doesn't care it just feels really scummy. So, we're going to review this. I'm going to describe to you why he's... You know, where the logical fallacy is and then um, we'll go from there. So, let's get into it. Form a strategic rollout.
1: In this episode, we are going to answer the question, can I convert my IRA or 401K funds to be tax-free?
0: You, you can't convert in the traditional sense. So it's not like a, I'm going to convert it from this to this. And then now it's tax-free. You can withdraw all your money, pay the penalties, pay the taxes, and then put it into a different vehicle, a vehicle, which is not tax-free. I, index universal life is not tax-free. It has some tax-free strategies around it, but itself has taxes the same way anything else has taxes. So no, you cannot just simply convert this. You basically have to bail on your 401k or IRA and then give your money to Doug Andrew.
1: I've been helping CPAs and tax attorneys help their clients do this strategy for over 45 years. Get ready to watch some very powerful strategies from a tax standpoint. I've been a tax minimization specialist for this entire four and a half decades helping people avoid paying unnecessary tax, especially on their hard-earned savings and the money they've earned throughout their life for their future on their IRAs and 401Ks.
0: All right, look. I am as against taxes as the next guy. We did a video recently where we talked about the IRS. I can't stand the IRS. The tax system that we have in the U.S. is totally screwed up. I cannot stand paying taxes. It hurts my soul when that money leaves my pocket. So I understand the want to be tax free, but it's got to make sense. Right? What we're trying to do here is not find ways to be tax free. If we wanted to do that, we could take a job and make whatever under, you know, whatever the amount is. It's like 40K. As long as we take the standard deduction, we'll pay zero income tax. Problem solved, right? No, obviously not. Because if you made 100K, your take home would be higher. So our objective here is to make our take home as high as possible. That's the objective. And if we could find a way to do that by not paying taxes, great. However, If the way to do that turns out to be a tax way, like making a higher salary, for example, we're going to take that, right? And we're going to just suck it up and pay the taxes because we're trying to maximize stuff here. We're not trying to just avoid taxes at all costs to ourselves. That doesn't make any sense.
1: So my name's Doug Andrew. And uh, if you've watched other episodes, welcome back. If you understand my background, uh, I've helped people... Optimize their financial assets and minimize taxes for 47 years now. And I'm going to share with you a strategy that has saved some people a quarter of a million, others a half a million, uh, one couple just this last year, 1.2 million. And so there's other episodes that will illustrate those uh, examples. But in this episode, I'm going to give you the overriding uh, concept or strategy behind saving tax on your IRAs and 401ks because the problem is uh, most financial advisors uh, sort of convince their clients to sock away money follow the herd so to speak into the traditional IRA or 401k type plan 403b 403... No, we
0: don't talk a lot about IRAs here on this channel. If you want to defer taxes in an IRA, go for it. The tax deferred part I is not the world's best benefit, right? And he's going to explain some of that. So like we don't pay taxes now and then we let our account grow. And then when we start withdrawing money in our retirement, we pay some taxes and that's not fun. We don't like that. That's a tax deferred strategy. A Roth IRA is one where you pay tax. I messed this up a few times. I apologize. I'll correct it now, but you pay taxes. It's post-tax money that you put in. But when you start withdrawing money, it's tax-free. So that's probably the most powerful thing that you could possibly do. It bothers me a little bit that he doesn't address that at all. So he's like, if we can find the best tax-free strategies, well, obviously that's the Roth IRA, but he doesn't refer to that at all. So that's key number one as to why I think he's not really looking out for our best interest. He's saying like, look, I, give me your money. Instead of giving it to a 401k, give it to me. And then I'll, I'll take your money and it'll work out best for you. That's how it feels. Um, I think it's a pretty scummy strategy. I think the second problem um, here is that he's not talking about the matching feature of a 401k. It's the reason we don't talk about IRAs too much here, it, but a 401k, if you have a match, you have to discuss that. that. That That's part of the equation. So if we were to sit here and be like, okay, with a an employer match, our money is going to be here. Right. And then with taxes, yeah, it comes down just a smidgen. Right. But, We'll see where he goes. I'm going to break some of this stuff down here. These 457s are all the same
1: and uh, 91% of Americans I think are duped into putting their uh, pre-tax money or tax deductible contributions to an IRA or 401k where uh, they get a tax break today on the seed money so to speak and the money grows tax deferred and then later on... Uh,
0: what about matching Doug? What about matching?
1: sometimes we're get this but they're going to have to pay tax when they go to harvest the money. So, if they were like a farmer, they bought their seed without paying tax but they later on in life when they harvest their money, they've agreed to pay tax. And people did that because way back when IRAs and 401Ks were first introduced, most accountants said, Oh, people will be in lower tax brackets when they retire. That has not been true or axiomatic uh, for over 27 years. But it took the financial services industry until uh, just a few years ago to finally say, ooh, most people aren't in, in lower tax bracket. In fact, the only people I know of that are in lower tax brackets when they retire are the ones that didn't save very much.
0: I, I, just don't, I just don't buy this one. So, I understand what they're saying here. They're saying if you save enough money for the future, where like let's say you withdraw the same amount of money to survive on that you lived on when you were working, you're going to be paying taxes on that in pretty much the same way. There are some tax advantages to withdrawing from a 401k as opposed to just a normal income tax. That's not discussed here. He didn't say anything about that. But you don't pay just standard income taxes on a 401k. Um, your first amount of withdrawals uh, get a tax break attached to them. You still get to do all the standard deductions. You still get to take advantage of all the tax items. But then also, it's it's not calculated as income when you start withdrawing money. It's calculated as capital gain. So it's it's less money. The second point that they're trying to make here is not that you will be in a smaller tax bracket when you retire because you didn't save enough money, they're suggesting that in order to maintain your lifestyle, if you do it right, you'll require less money to be withdrawn in your retirement, right? So you have a couple of things here. One is you're gonna have your um, Roth IRA withdrawals, which are tax-free. You're gonna have your social security payments, which come whether you wanted to or not, as long as you were working, you'll take social security payments. So there's two like tax benefited items. So you don't have any, you, you take this, you take the IRA. Now you're in a place where you have to pay for the rest of your salary. Now you could start making withdrawals. So you're not making like tons of withdrawals. The second thing is, if you have a house that's paid off, your bills are smaller, you don't need as much money. You also don't need to continue investing. So if you made 100K while you were working, and you invested, let's say, twenty percent of that, so eighty or so twenty thousand dollars. When you retire, you only need eighty k, right? So there's a couple of things that kind of bump you down in tax payments at this point. So I think it's a little dishonest to say like, oh, taxes will always be higher later. Um, I I kind of agree in the sense that like, yeah, tax brackets, everything kind of tends to go up over time. Um, However, you might not need all that money when you finally get to that point. So, um, I think that's a little dishonest the way that he's describing that right there.
1: So, when I ask audiences as I speak throughout America, how many of you think taxes in the future are likely going to be lower? I get nothing but crickets. How many think they're going to be the same? Maybe 1 or 2. But I say, how many think they're going to be higher because of irresponsible government spending, the printing of money and so forth? And a sea of hands goes up. And I go then... Why are you continuing to defer paying tax on your IRAs and 401Ks, postponing, procrastinating some future perceived unknown advantage and let it grow to this and then withdraw that money when you're in the highest or as high bracket as you've ever been in. Why? Because even normal workers, school teachers going down the highway with one foot on the gas pedal and the other foot on the brake pedal and they don't even know they're doing it. They're they're putting money into tax deferred accounts and then they're killing their deductions in the process. They pay off their house, their mortgage. They don't have that deduction. Later on in life, the kids are gone uh, or if they're not gone, you can't deduct them
0: anymore. Deductions don't count as like a benefit, right? He's so bent on making sure he doesn't pay any taxes that he's like not really thinking about the fact that he's paying more money. Right. So the the tax deduction on your own personal house is like you're paying for this house. You get to deduct some of that on your taxes, but that money is coming out towards your house. You have to have like this much going out to make this much benefit in taxes. Right. So, yeah, your tax deduction of paying for a house isn't there in retirement, but then you also don't have to withdraw the money to pay for your mortgage. So there's no reason to deduct it right? So this argument's not great. Not really addressing like that people won't need to withdraw as much money in retirement as they currently make in their salary. Um, and they might want to. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's more than just a one-dimensional picture here. It's multi-dimensional and he's kind of ignoring all that. Most
1: people end up killing the deductions and so that's why they're in his higher, higher tax bracket. In fact, I've found that most people who pay cares? back every dime they saved in tax, over 30 years on the seed money, the contributions into those IRAs or 401Ks, they pay it back the first 2 or 3 years of retirement and they do it again and again and again. If they live 15 or 20, 25 years after retirement, they pay back 8 to 12 times the money they saved on the seed money. So, uh, I've been telling people, get the money out. Don't stretch it out. Don't take RMDs, required minimum distributions. Perform a strategic rollout. Get the taxes over and done with sooner than later. But they go, well, what do I do with the money? Even CPAs go, well, then what do they do with the money if they don't need the money to live on? You don't keep compounding the problem and delaying the inevitable. So let me show you the 3-part strategy of a strategic rollout, not a rollover. So make sure you listen to all three parts of this strategy. You don't have to employ all three. I do. And this is what I usually recommend for people who...
0: So he saying, eat all the penalties by taking all your money out. Again, ignore the matching problem. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Stick around to the end. We'll talk about the matching problem that he's totally ignoring here
1: come to me with money trapped in their IRAs or 401Ks. And I would recommend you consider this at least 5 years before you anticipate retiring. Now, I mentioned this is called a strategic rollout. I coined this term years ago. I teach this in all of my various books and educational uh, materials. But this is not a rollover. See, a rollover in my opinion is like going from the frying pan into the fire. People take money out of their 401K and they roll it over to an IRA. And they put off retirement and they're told, well, if you don't need the money, don't take it out. You'll have to pay tax. Keep deferring it until you're age 70 and a half. Well, they just recently increased that age to age 72. You have to start pulling money out at age 72 based upon your life expectancy. The government wants that money out and taxed. They've been waiting for that tax revenue. If you die.
0: required minimum distributions are so small that if you were to pay taxes, like if you start withdrawing money because you have to, the taxes that you pay on it are pretty small in the grand scheme of things, right? So this is, I mean, the entire picture here is being painted in a way where it's like your entire retirement is going to be eaten away by taxes. You have to put it in some place where it's not eaten away by taxes. And then we're missing a couple of really important topics here. And all I get. With
1: money left in there, your kids if they inherit it now have to get it out and taxed within 10 years or else there's huge penalties. It's a 50% penalty if you don't take it out and get the taxes taken care of. So, instead of doing a roll over, you want to do a roll out strategically. So, here's the 3 steps. Number 1, I'll read this and you can digest it. You strategically reposition your retirement funds, IRAs, 401Ks, what have you. Subjecting them to tax. You withdraw that money, it's going to show up on the front of your 1040 tax return. There's no way around it. Thus, taking care of taxes now rather than postponing and increasing the inevitable liability. We have software that I developed years ago. In fact, I think it's the only software on the planet that shows people the darkness of the night. If they keep deferring, deferring until they're 70 and a half and then take out required minimum distributions and the tax they will pay if they string it out. And people are flabbergasted. At age 60-65, if they have a half a million or a million in there, they're shocked that they will pay a half a million in tax. Uh, the rest of their life, even if taxes don't go up. They go, that's how much I have in there. Well, it's going to keep growing and it's going to keep giving Uncle Sam one-third of everything that you earn from this point forward. Why do you want to have a partner like that? So, you want to get it out and the taxes over and done with because taxes down the road probably aren't lower.
0: He's just saying here, just eat it. Just eat it all. Like, don't even... Like, it, it's not... They're, 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 he's using a lot of big words. He's like, strategic rollout. You know, just cash all your stuff out pay the penalties pay the taxes that's what he's saying just just eat it all and if you think that's a good idea i have something to sell you you could just give your money to me if you head to the wealthyidiots.com webpage, web page there's a donation button you can donate it all to us it will grow tax-free to you right <laughs> okay So, good?
1: Step number 2 is one of the most critical steps to understand why we do this. You want to reposition the after tax monies. So, you pull 150,000 out of an IRA or 401k and uh, you pay tax of a third of that let's say between federal and state tax because 41 out of 50 states has a state income tax. So, you pull out 150,000, you pay tax of 50,000. You only had a net of 100,000 after paying the tax. That's okay, but stay with me here. You reposition that hundred thousand or whatever the after-tax amount is into investment vehicles that will allow you to have tax-free
0: accumulation. So first, tax-free accumulation exists everywhere. The, like you know, people like um, Elizabeth Warren have proposed unrealized gained taxes, but without that, that's, that doesn't exist. It's kind of a fringe thought to try to tax unrealized gains. I think that's a little wild. Um, Right now, you put your money into anything and it's tax-free accumulation. 401ks and IRAs have tax-free accumulation. Everything's tax-free accumulation. So um, that's a little weird. Um, Then he's going to say distribution and transfer. Um, IULs don't have tax-free distributions or transfers. Index universal life, right? So 401ks don't, IULs don't, a taxable brokerage account don't. And there's only one, vehicle that has tax-free distributions and that's a Roth IRA and I'm gonna put my money down I don't remember if he says it or not but I'm gonna say um that he's never gonna mention a Roth IRA that's not gonna come out of his lips once because he doesn't make any money if you guys get a
1: Roth IRA distribution and transfer now there's only one vehicle in the internal revenue code that allows you to accumulate your money tax-free access your money tax-free forever after and when you die it actually transfers it blossoms in value and transfers tax-free i'm not talking about municipal bonds or roth
0: iras or anything like that so, yes i'm not talking about roth iras literally the one vehicle that he is like that that has all of those advantages it, no life insurance has all those advantages there's some really funky ways that you can get around some stuff it's going to cost you they're, they're not totally free uh, but you know, the, the only one that has this advantage is a Roth IRA and he's like, I'm not talking about that. There is only one and it's the one that I make money on if you purchase from me. <laughs> Come on, man.
1: I'm talking about what I call the laser fund and I'll yep. show you how you can get a free copy of my book that explains this. <laughs> but the laser fund is a maximum funded tax-advantaged insurance contract where I've averaged just a little over 10%, 10.17%
0: no, he hasn't. to be exact.
1: Rate of we broke that down the last, last 25
0: year. years, tax-free. So it's not tax-free. I keep breaking this down and I even have people telling me it sounds like a dishonest way of explaining it. I think the alternative is the dishonest way of explaining it. It accumulates tax-free inside the insurance company. The insurance company can invest that money. They use, um, They put it into bonds and then they use the interest from the bonds to try and do this sort of indexing strategy with options. And then if you're successful, you make some money. If you're not successful, you don't make some money. Um, a few days ago, we broke down how his 10% is kind of a fake number. Once you include the fees of insurance, it breaks it down to like 4% or below. And that was in the best economic times of the United States' uh, entire stock market history. It had like 4% or below. So we broke that down. That's not a real number. It's the, That's the internal like cash value growth rate. But if you add all the fees to it. You're just getting killed. So essentially, instead of paying taxes and fees on your 401k, you're just paying fees on your, you know, indexed universal life. The next thing is it's not tax-free. As soon as you start pulling money out, you pay taxes on it. The, The same exact way you pay taxes on anything else, right? The strategy they have behind not paying taxes on it is by taking out loans using your IUL as collateral, you don't pay taxes on loans, but you can't actually get your cash out tax-free. Your cash sits there growing, and then once you start pulling it out, it's taxable. So you could take out this loan, and then the loan interest, hopefully, is less than what you're averaging in your IUL growth. So the concept is, if your loan is increasing in interest this speed, you want your IOL to increase this speed. So you're like growing at a faster rate than the interest is accumulating on that loan. However... And the problem with indexed universal life that I think is just pretty much unique to indexed universal life or universal life plans in general, I don't think this applies to whole life, is that at any point, any point they're in the contract, they can decide that they can cap your gains down to zero if they wanted to, and they can charge you fees however they want. They can adjust the fee structure at any point. And all you're capable of doing at that point is either sucking it up and paying that and not getting gains or taking your money out and taking the giant tax hit. That's it. So it's possible that you receive zero. That's the guaranteed amount. Not only zero, but zero minus whatever the fees cost, which are tremendous. That's your guarantee with index universal life. So no, it's not tax-free. You can kind of scam it to being tax-free, but you can take out loans against anything that would be tax-free. Houses, taxable brokerage accounts, right? Any asset, essentially businesses, you could leverage your business if you wanted to and take out a tax-free loan that's that's not like a novel thing to index universal life and in the meantime your bottom is is tremendously high there, there's nothing safe about any of this stuff um, and the fact that he doesn't mention roth iras blows my mind we'll talk about that some more later
1: initially your tax money into a portfolio of laser funds. And then it will blossom in value at the end of the day when I pass away. And it replenishes many fold the amount of tax that I paid. So, if I pulled out 150,000, pay tax of 50 and I only have an out of 100. But if I die the next day, that 100,000 blossoms to 250 or 300,000 tax-free. Wait a minute. I pulled out 150, netted 100, put that 100 into the laser fund and I die, I get 300,000 or my spouse does or my kids do. Did they lose?
0: So like if you are giving an inheritance of like 12 million or under, it's tax-free. That's not a novel thing either. So like, oh, we'll buy health, we'll buy uh, life insurance because then we can like pretend like the life insurance is our like inheritance that we're giving away. And that's like tax-free, right? And if you remember the CPA last week, he would have had, let's say if he died today, his policy would pay out his family like a million dollars. If he'd invested himself or no, what was a 500K? He had a 500K plan. It would have paid 500K. If he'd have invested itself, his family would have got 1.5 million tax-free. So like, what what's the actual benefit here of doing any of this stuff with life insurance, right? So we're we're um, trying to get to this tax free point to the detriment of ourselves, essentially, is what's happening. There's something that he's not mentioning here, which is kind of frustrating. And we looked at the CPA numbers last week. It's that like I, I see a lot of whole life people and indexed universal life people make this logical fallacy. They'll say, if you have a million dollars in IUL and we can withdraw it um, by taking out these loans, and then it goes to my family afterwards, and you know we don't actually pay any taxes with this strategy. But if you have like a taxable account and you start withdrawing money from that, you're paying taxes, and then when it goes to your family, your family has to sell your 401k and pay taxes on it. Um, and if the if both accounts are at a million dollars, then right, then you, this is better, right? The problem is, is like we pointed out with the CPA, you make a lot less money with the index universal life to the point where if the CPA actually paid taxes, the amount of money he'd end up with at the end would be significantly higher than with IUL. So it's not 1 million, 1 million, let's see which one wins. It's more like if you go with IUL, you pay so many fees, your gains are so low that your amount of money when you finally get there will be at like 1 million, let's say. Right, And if you do it yourself, you just buy some index funds and you forget about it, you'll be at like $2 million. All right. So let's say we pay one third in taxes of $2 million and he pays no taxes at 1000000 million. We're still higher. Right? And that's the logical fallacy. So at the end of the day, we're trying to maximize our wealth potential in retirement. That's the goal. And if not paying taxes is possible, we want to take advantage of that. Um, anytime we make a decision about finances, when we get to that point in retirement, or even now in your life you want to sit down and figure out what is statistically the highest probability of the compounding interest being um, being the highest percentage it can be, right? And then trying to grow that over time, right? And what we said in one of our videos, I'll link to it here. When we're beginning investing, we want something that's simple. We don't have to look at it. We just keep putting into it and we and it just grows at the highest rate possible. That seems to be index funds. That's what you're going to get where you're going to get that $2 million point where taxes aren't going to be an issue for you anymore because you're so much wealthier than all of Doug Andrew's clients.
1: Anything? No, they came out ahead because the laser fund will reimburse you many fold for the taxes you pay. So, you're not out anything. But here's the critical step that I love. Number 3, you offset some or all of the tax liability incurred during the rollout process. This may take 5 years. It could take 7 years. Some people 10 years. I have several examples of this. And you do that by usually resurrecting new
0: deductions that you had been killing. So, for example... So, here's the problem with deductions, right? So, we, we just said this earlier. In order to get this much of a deduction, you have to have this much of a cost right? So like if I uh, donate $20,000 to my church, for example, that reduces my taxable income, but then I'm only paying a percentage of my income in taxes. So I'm going to end up spending or saving like a thousand dollars, $2,000 in taxes, but I will have spent $20,000. Now, if you were going to donate anyways, then definitely take advantage of those contributions and make sure you pay as little taxes as possible. But if your goal is to try and pay no taxes, it will cost you more money to pay no taxes when you're dealing with deductions right? Doug is so bent on making sure he pays no taxes that he's actually guaranteed that he's going to lose on wealth and his own spending potential in order to make sure he doesn't pay those taxes. That doesn't make any sense at all. This is crazy. Example, It could be charitable
1: contributions. It could be mortgage interest. People many times have their house paid off. They have their rental properties paid off and they go, Why would I go mortgage those? Because I teach them how money really works. And they go and they refinance their properties and they borrow money. I've had people borrow money at 4.5% on their duplexes, their triplexes, their apartment complexes, their commercial buildings. They borrow at 4.5%, it's deductible. That's a net cost of three. They put it in their laser funds and they earn nine. How much more is 9%
0: than... He was so close. So I actually kind of agree with them on this point, right? If you were to get a loan for your property, let's say you paid off your house, you're missing out on deductions, which, you know, I'm not trying to get deductions. I'm not trying to spend money to get deductions. But if if they're there, I'm going to take them. But I want to... Like if, if I get, and this is, we talk about this in real estate all the time. If you can get a really, really low interest rate and you take the leftover money and you go invest it somewhere else, you know, the, the data over time is going to show so much more gains as a result of that. You have to have enough cash to make sure that you're offsetting your needs, you have to make sure you're still taking care of your needs, you have enough buffer in case something were to happen, like the market drop, like it is now. But I'm actually in favor of leveraging properties, we talk about that often. If you can get a 3% interest rate, take the cash out and do something else with it that's gonna build more money, I'm all for it. Now, definitely take the tax deduction when you do that. But this is the one thing that I'm actually in favor of that Doug talks about, is this leveraging property. I I 100% agree, don't give it to Doug, Don't leverage your property and give your money to Doug. Leverage your property and just go invest it yourself or invest it in other properties, right? And and get advantage, tax advantages uh, that way as well. But um, I actually agree with that one. The leveraging stuff is smart.
1: Three, they make 300% by refinancing their properties. But what came along for the ride while they did that? They got new deductions. And those new deductions offset the hacks you Oh, while you're rolling money out. You take money out of your IRA. It's on the front of the 1040 tax return. And on the deduction portion which used to be on the back. Now, it's down a little bit lower. You offset that income with new deductions you resurrected. And if you'll watch some additional episodes here I'm gonna show you examples of how we have helped people take out money from their IRAs and 401ks and saved a quarter of a million, one man, a half a million, one couple, 1.2 million.
0: Well, they saved all these people in those taxes by taking the fees and reducing the overall growth of their portfolio by so much more than that, right? So if you save someone 200K in taxes, Right, but then you paid a bunch of fees into this plan. You only got like a four percent growth. Um, realistic IUL people tell me the growth is actually between four and six percent. It's not, you know, Doug Andrews' fake sort of nine to ten percent. But you're you're minimizing the total growth of all of your stuff to get to the point where you actually save less money in taxes than you would have made if you just invested yourself.
1: By doing what I just said, we offset the tax liability by creating new deductions and they got their money out tax-free. Oh, and by the way, they were earning 300% rates of return on their money while they were doing this tax strategy. So, I want you to learn how to...
0: 300% rate of return? This guy has no shame. He's just making stuff up as he goes here. Oh my gosh. Like he will do anything to take your money. He'll say anything to take your money. This is sad. Um, please don't give this guy your money. Even if you're interested in index universal life, don't give it to this guy. This is some scary stuff. Do this for you.
1: So let me connect the dots when CPAs and tax attorneys say, well, you take it out, pay the tax and then put it into something tax-free. What's tax-free? And so I say, well, that's what I call the laser fund.
0: It's it's not tax-free, keep explaining that. You pay taxes on it.
1: And I hand the CPA this book. Usually in a day or two, they call back and they go, why? didn't I know about this?
0: All right, that's the end of the video. So a couple of logical fallacies here. One is it's not an apples to apples comparison. It's not a $1 million here, $1 million here. How does this work? When we're talking about growth and compounding over time, not paying fees and maximizing that growth, remember all accumulation is tax-free, is going to be key. So when someone gets to retirement using just simple index funds, they will have much more money than someone who's in an IUL. By the time we get there, just the data that we looked at earlier this week by the CPA, i link to it above, you would have seen that he would have saved so much more money. He'd have maximized his potential by going the index fund route as opposed to giving his money to Doug Andrew. And Doug Andrew and his son sat there and bragged about how great they did. They destroyed that CPA. He lost $863,000 in potential gains in, in total opportunity cost because of these guys. And they're congratulating themselves and patting themselves on the back that they saved this guy in taxes somehow because they allowed him to take out loans against his policy. So it's not an apples to apples. The second biggest thing that's a concern here is that if anybody is telling you that you should not be putting your money into a 401k or Roth IRA and they're not explaining to you the benefits of those two policies and they're acting like they don't exist, they're already painting a false picture. He's already sending you his direction. He's, he's saying like, don't worry about these other strategies. Just worry about giving your money to me. It's so incredibly dishonest and shady. We talked about, and I'll link to it above, you know, beginning investing. There's two vehicles that you want to look at first. The first is, a 401k with employer match. If you have employer match, do not listen to these people. Please, you're you're doubling your money the second it goes into this account. So what taxes are 33%? Your company is paying for that, not you, and your money grows faster because there's more money in the account. It grows faster over time to the point that when you retire, it's not going to matter. So if you have employer match, do not listen to this guy. At least keep putting the money in uh, to the employer match level and forget about it. I don't, so if, full disclosure, I don't put any money into my 401k that uh, uh, over the match. I I at least take the match. The second thing you want to look at putting your money into is a Roth IRA. You can either put your money into a Roth IRA directly or if you make too much money, you got to do some weird background, backwards way of putting money into an, a Roth IRA and You should look that up and figure it out. Talk to a financial advisor, talk to a tax expert, figure out what's the right way to do that. That's the best vehicle when it comes to withdrawing tax-free. So it doesn't give you anything in terms of like matching um, or anything like that. However, all your... All the money you pull out is 100% tax-free. It is the only tax-free vehicle where you can straight up pull money out of it and not pay taxes on it. Not an IUL, not a whole life plan, uh, not a 401k, Roth IRA. So 401k for the match, Roth IRA for the tax savings. Now, what do you do after that? So a real honest person would have told you that those are the two things you should do and then look into maybe something like a whole life. And what tells me that this guy is just not an honest person is the fact that he totally not, he just didn't ignore those two. He straight up told you to rip your money out of those, forget about the Roth IRA and give your money to him. It's just so incredibly dishonest. Please don't do that. The the third and last thing I want to talk about um, is something, or is uh is something I haven't addressed before, but it's something that's extremely important. When you put your money into something like an index universal life, where they can change the fee structure and the gains that you're capable of getting at any point, if you start taking loans out, that grows against your cash value. If the fees start eating at your cash value, that drops on the other side. At some point, the policy will eat itself and it will collapse. If it collapses, you lose everything. In order to make sure it doesn't collapse, you have to put more money into it to keep it going. So there's a a chance, and we don't know exactly how high that chance is, but there's a chance... That everybody's policy at some point, if the insurance company decides at any point, like we're not solvent, we have to figure out how to get back into the black, they could start doing that and you will be forced to put money in during your retirement just to keep your plan alive so you don't lose everything you dropped into that. Once it eats itself, everything's gone. All that you worked for is totally gone. Are you 100% certain in the person you're giving your money to and the company you're giving your money to to not turn around and do that to you, right? Even Doug will tell you, you have to find the right company, some company that's stable, that's been doing this a long time. And he tells you that because he knows that these companies at any time can rip the rug out from underneath you and there's nothing you can do about it. The problem is if I put my money into a company today, when I retire in 30 plus years, how do I know that company isn't gonna just implode on itself? I don't know anything about that right? So this is extremely risky. If I'm, if, if I'm going to follow his strategy, put all my retirement in his strategy, you're, you're praying and hoping these companies don't just totally mess you up and destroy your whole retirement plan. If I missed anything, please comment down below. This stuff is starting to drive me crazy because the more I discover what's going on, the more I can kind of see how these like fairy tale painted pictures aren't reality. And I can see people ripping their money out of their 401k where they get their match or their Roth IRA and giving it to guys like this and risking everything because these guys are so convincing and telling you that this is the strategy. And at the end of the day, they're making tons of commissions and there is absolutely nothing you can do if this thing pulls, rug pulls from underneath you and you're just left standing there they will have made all their commissions and they'll probably still be on youtube explaining how you should give your money to them it's a terrible plan it's a terrible idea please don't do it you can get all the advantages that they're touting here by not paying any fees you can get your own brokerage account You can take out a loan against it if you really want to, so you're not paying taxes if that's what you want to do. And you can get all the gains that way, and none of the fees or commissions just totally ripping out all of your gains from you uh, over that time. So I hope you enjoyed. Please like down below, subscribe for a chance to win $500 or giving $500 to one of our first 10,000 subscribers. If I missed anything, please feel free. There's been lots of people who've been asking me tough questions, um, good questions. We've been breaking stuff down and getting better and wiser about this topic and that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going and keeps my fire just burning for telling you this stuff so that you don't get caught in these traps so thank you for stopping by i'll see you guys next time